welcome to the Three Cast. I'm your host this week, Matthew Weber. I am joined by Mr. Fitness Boy. How's it going? Uh, Ricky is, I believe he's going to be off this week. He said he might try to jump on, but I don't think he will be here. He's putting his kid to, to bed or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> there's a reason why we should just stop having children. Of course, Ooh. then we'd be living in this movie. Ah, uh, topical. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this this week we reviewed the movie uh, Children of Men. Uh, it stars Clive Owen, uh, Julianne Moore, um, has, uh, Michael Caine is in it for a little while. Yep. Um, well, else? Uh, That's pretty much it. Um, yeah, the Chai would tell Egypt. That guy, that, yeah. He's in the movie for a little while. Um, I can't say his name. I, I can't even. I, I can attempt it, but I would just butcher it like a piece of meat. It's terrible. It's a, it's a Black Panther guy, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Sorry, Black Panther from Marvel, not the Black Panther like the movement. He's also he was also in that one uh, um, that we watched the last time that I picked a movie, 2012. He was in that. Hey, he plays the doc the the doctor scientist guy, the main doctor scientist guy, the black guy. Wow, man, that's yeah. a man. All right, anyways, um, so this movie, uh, basically the premise is set um, in like 2030 or something like that. Um, it's not like, not too long from now, but um, so it's not too far into the future, but it's very dystopian. Uh, basically, humanity has lost the ability to reproduce. Um, all females have uh, gone infertile. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, because of this, the world goes to shit. I mean, world wars, uh, nuclear war. Um, but oh, okay, so so this is the thing I can't just to be clear about this. I don't understand why they were going to war. I, I understood the whole refugee situation to a certain degree, but I don't understand the war. Why the wars were actually starting? I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the like it was just refugees, and then like just the absolute anarchy that emerges from that. And and I, can you just clarify why there was war? All right, so it. You remember a while ago we watched the movie V, v for Vendetta. Um, yep. It's a, a little bit like that in in that they don't really cover anything outside of Britain. Um, so they show you that like New York was bombed and Moscow was you know had, had a had a a standing army or whatever. But you don't really you know like the rest of the world's gone to shit and the government of Great Britain is proclaiming you know England's great right and. Even though you know we follow follow Clive Owen around and we see that's not so great, um, but they've they closed the borders of Britain while the rest of the world's gone shit. But they don't ever really tell you why or how the infertility problem led to the wars. For, mm-hmm. for, so they, you really, we really don't know why they reacted that way, but you can kind of see how. I mean, if something like that, this really did happen, um, which we could then all blame on Dan Brown because that was in his latest novel. <laughs> I mean, for some reason, they just don't want us to have children anymore. Um, yep. So, um, I mean, this is so. There's one thing about this movie, is it's very classical dystopian in in terms of uh, something happened that caused the world to. It's um, kind of like the Book of Eli, where you know, like sun flares or whatever destroyed mm-hmm. the world and killed a whole bunch of people, and then the then. Uh, the world went to war, um, and then there in this one, um, but it's not. This isn't as um, 
world ending as like a, a, a Roland Emmerich film like we watched last time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, because we don't get to see great pictures of a Big Ben getting bombed or aliens yeah, floating no. around. So there's nothing like that. This is more uh, something happened that, uh, that caused everybody to go infertile. And then because of that, the we humans decided to just fuck everything up. Yeah, that, um, that doesn't quite jump that logic. I wasn't sure if I missed something on that one. Yeah, for some reason, they seem to be blaming illegal immigration in this movie, right? To At least the British are. I don't know what's happening in the rest of the world. But for some reason, uh, uh, illegal immigrants in Britain in this movie are verboten. They're sending them all back. They live in camps, um, yep. treated like cra crap. Um, the, the basis of the movie is basically any young people are uh they're they're seen as like they're very valuable right so the, the the beginning of the movie the youngest kid in the world is murdered um uh and you know like everybody's crying and then it's like a it's like you know a pope died or or you know worse um um but the plot of the movie is that a pregnant woman uh is uh like who is like a foreigner it has to be spirited into the country and out of the camp and all this stuff. And Clive Owen has to, it, it's very convoluted, but the, the, the point, I guess the point of the movie, the reason why I like it, um, actually, you want to before I say what I like, why don't you tell us what you thought on this, Vince? Um, you know what? I'm trying to remember when I watched this and, uh, when did this movie come out? Like this, uh, 2006. Okay. So it seems like it was longer to go go than that. I, if I had had to guess, I would have thought late '90s, but it was 2006. Yeah, because I remember. I, I the reason why I'm trying to remember this movie is because I keep on uh, correlating it to the other Clive Owen movie where he's um, like a badass guy protecting a pregnant woman or a, a woman with a kid, and that was uh, Monica Bellucci. That was another movie, and it came like almost like within like a couple of years of it. I can't remember what his other movie was, but. So this movie, I, like, I'm just trying to picture it when, and you know how I'm always trying to read things into it, right? Oh, shoot him up is what you're thinking of. Ah, shoot him up. That's the one, right? When yeah, he can, I mean, he kills like 300 people in that movie. It's a great movie. I mean, yeah, but, just from an action standpoint. But, but, yeah. But I figured you'd know that one. But yeah. so, so that's the reason why it's a little bit hard for me to, like, identify. This one's obviously, I think this one predated it. I think it came before it, and it was more serious, and that's why I was like, wow, when Shoot Him Up came out, I was like, it's the sequel, where instead of a black girl, he's got a white girl. Right, yeah, Shoot 'em Up came out a year later. Oh wow! So it really was, yeah. So it was like back yeah. to back. So it was mm -hmm. really awesome. six and seven, yeah. But you can understand how that when that came out, I was like, aren't they in the same kind of vein? In any event, um, this was one of those movies that I heard was really good in the theaters. I didn't watch in theaters. I ended up like renting the DVD or downloading. I can't remember what it was, but it was one of those ones where I had to watch in multiple sittings because it was a, it, it felt really long to me. Um, it's two two hours almost exactly. Yeah, so like you'd think that like Clive Owen, like he's been in a lot of action movies. It wasn't, um, and it wasn't what I expected. Uh, quite frankly, I thought it was gonna be a little bit more actiony. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of action in this movie, no. Yeah, because the commercials, you see like him running around, running away in the convoys and stuff, and you know it was like absolute destruction. You kind of basically see it's war-torn Britain. It's kind of cool. You think mm. something's gonna? No, not really. The gangs and like I mean, like even so. So I, without you know just straight to to the end. I mean. It, he does die at the end, and that's kind of like the tragic hero figure. He's the ever man that, that kind of dies in the interest of saving the world's population. My sense is that uh, this was one of those kind of movies where it's like, you ever watch those World War II dramas where it's like, you know, the world is going to shit, but there's always good people that can carry it around? Yeah, the, um, 
I mean, there's a lot of them like that. I mean, pretty much. Yeah. So, so, like, this one's one of them, and, like, you have, like, it, it's like, it almost played to a lot of cliches where it's like, oh, you know, uh, world's going to crap, and then there's this one person that will help you out. There's another person that you think is going to help you out, but they actually have, you know, uh, the gang. I can't remember. Um, they, they want to, they basically, they, they get esconded by a gang, and then, um, you know, because children are effectively, like, as you described, deities, effectively, um, you know, th this one pregnant woman, they, the, the gang wants to keep the uh, keeper for some sort of, like, political value um, so that they can, like, it's all about, like, the small micromanagement of power that, that came about in, in this movie that really was interesting to me. Uh, but, you know, I always try to look for the messages, and I, I can't really think of why this movie was really super relevant. I, I gather it was, it was pr based on some sort of book, because I couldn't imagine this coming out and just being like, yo, man, I got this really cool idea. Pregnant woman, nobody's fertile, guy dies. Like, I, I, don't, I don't see that as, um, as a good selling point. Um, at the end of the day, the movie was one of those first movies that I thought was a relatively blockbuster movie that ended with one of those, you know, kind of uh, inception endings where it's like, does he die? Doesn't he die? Is the world going to hell in the handbasket or is there going to be happiness? Um, the thing that really stuck with me, and I was talking to you, Matt, earlier before the show started, that, you know, the, the movie ends and you're like, it goes fades to black, if I recall. And it's just like, you hear creepy kids laughing or something. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so that's it. And I mean, you're right. It was like a V for Vendetta thing where it was very much like, you know, no one really knows what happens in the rest of the world. Um, I, you know, it took me a while, if I recall, if it weren't for Julianne Moore, man, I, I would have to kind of calibrate my hearing for language and accents. Thank God Julianne Moore is like in every damn movie. Um, where she always plays like the forty-year-old mom or forty-year-old like you know. And, and the funny thing is, she still can't act worth a shit. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I I can't stand I can't stand that woman for whatever reason. I I I don't know. Maybe it's just because most of her movies are like really bad. Like she's in um. Uh, I think the movie's called Breach. It's a it's a like a based on a true story kind of movie. It's it's just. Like you go into it, like it's like spies and stuff. Like it's not like she ruins that movie. I think I I'm maybe not thinking of the right one, but she, it's like she can't. Maybe it's because she plays the same. I mean, she's the same in most every movie she plays, right? Hmm. And that bothers me. I don't know. At least the ones that I've seen her in, because I try to avoid her as much as possible. See, I find that in a lot of the movies, she ends up playing the tragic maternal figure. And again, this movie it just plays to that, right? Where she's like the, the the loving wife that can't have, you know, that really uh, can't help uh, anything. But you know, they, they have her and Clive Owen, um, you know, had had that. There's well, ostensibly had a son, you know, and then they're, then they're trying to look out for, um, you know, uh, she dies in in the in the pursuit, if I recall. And you know, at the end of the day, she she plays to her strengths. I don't think she's a terrible actress, though. I mean. It, I think it's more just a personal preference. I don't think there's anything truly wrong with her. Um, just like, I mean, everybody always um, expounds on the virtues of Meryl Streep. But, oh, no. Oh, I can't. Okay, that one. Like, I mean, I mean, I, 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 like if you had ask like, critics, critics and you had to ask them, like, who's the best female actress? Uh, there's no answer. You know, well, right, but they would say Meryl Streep, and like I'd say, like, no, she's got awful. She's not... If I, if if I had to answer that question, I I would have to think about it for a while. There's one that's really good. What's her name? Um, 
<laughs> it's what? um, she's a dame, so she's British. Oh, uh, uh Helen yeah. Helen Mirren. Oh, Helen Mirren. Okay, yeah, she can act. Um, she plays uh, the same. Uh, no, Red. Same. Come on, Red killed her acting cred, man. No, I love that movie. What are you talking about? That's a great movie. The, 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 the sequel was terrible, and they are making a third one, by the way. Um, how oh, they're all dying? Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, they are like all eighty years old, but I think that's the point. Uh, anyway. uh, they, did, they did kill Morgan Freeman off in the first one, which is uh, disappointing because he, he can make any movie better. Yeah. Um, but but anyways, <laughs> this movie um, I thought it had an interesting premise, but like you said, like uh, you know, we always have this ongoing thing where it's like a Stephen King movie where it's like it's an interesting premise, but the conclusion just sucks. Like yeah. I all I remember was like the way it ended, and just like all you have to do is just have the baby, and once you have the baby, you can it's like a free pass, like you are basically uh, invincible once you have the baby. And if it just, all it took was just to have a baby uh, and, and to, to get to get through all these problems, I mean, you could have just stayed in that one spot, had the baby, and then walked across and got an escape. Like, I, I just don't understand that. Like, it's one of those weird convoluted plots. Um, mm -hmm. The ending's not very satisfactory to me, but the premise is quite interesting. So overall, I don't know, maybe a two out of five, not because it's a bad movie, but just because it's very unsatisfying to me. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna um, put on my Vince hat and and look for the underlying messages in this movie. Um, so there's a couple. If this movie, yeah, yeah. If if there were if, if there were if this movie came out probably five years later than what it did, I think you would have saw more because if you, if you look really closely, I think you'll see. So if you're looking at the way it, the movie shot. Mm -hmm. um, it's very dark and dreary, and um, the the whole basically the whole city of like London. Um, he, you know, he's going through. There's bombing. There's police everywhere. Um, you know, homeless people. There's trash on the street. Um, everybody's living base. I mean, from what we've seen in what they show in the movie, everyone is living in basically poverty. I mean, not yep. really poverty, but it looks like poverty because it's dark and dreary. There's trash everywhere. It's, oh, man, it's it's not a very clean city. But if you also look at it, look at the technology that they show everywhere in this movie. And they like flat screens, uh, um, you know, people with computers and stuff like that. So what I took from that was like, well, tech, if this movie had come out um, after the technology, technology revolution that was like the iPhone mm -hmm. um, and how everybody had like a, start, a smartphone, um, you would have said that uh, like technology – no matter how advanced it is, isn't going to stop the world from going to shit. Um, so that that's one possible message you could read into it. Um, uh, the other one is that's in there is the traditional dystopian uh, rich versus poor. So like the, basically the whole city's poor, but then yeah. they go behind the gates or whatever, and you know. So the first time he goes behind the gates, there's like this park, like this dog park or whatever. And if you look really closer, there's this guy walking like a Siberian tiger. Um, oh, I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's like a like rich people behind the gate, um, you know, saving art, art like Michelangelo and uh, the David or whatever. And the because he goes like to visit his cousin at the near the beginning and he, to get the papers. Um, and they're all like behind this gate and like. Um, very separated between rich and poor, but that's very much in every dystopian movie. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's, it's not something that I mean, it, it's very redundant to point out because it's just something that you know. Obviously, if you have money, 
and the world goes to shit, you're going to be able to afford to not be poor. <laughs> so um, I think the thing that I like most about this movie, um, not that it's you know anywhere near original, not that the acting's anywhere near great. Um, I like Clive Owen a lot, but usually in his action movies, um, I'm, I'm not actually a fan of him in this movie. He's just, you know, he's just an, he's just a placeholder for me. Uh, he, he's a good actor. You know, he's, he's just a, he's just an actor, right? Um, actually, my favorite character in this movie is Michael Caine, just because he, you know, seriously, dude, a British guy saying amigo? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, what, what, what was that completely for? Um, but anyways, my favorite part of the movie is, is, is the way uh, they, sh- they shoot the scenes, like the cinematography, I think is what you'd call it, yep. is, is they do a very good job of showing, you know, the long pans and stuff you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that and I mean, just how I mean, how very dark the whole movie is. Like, it, it it seems dreary. It seems depressing. You can, from the way the movie is shot, you can get kind of get a feel of how the you know, kind of like I mean, it, it's just like the sun never shines in this movie ever, right? And it, that's just the way the whole thing is shot, yeah. and, and it's very successful in that. I thought this would be like London. Yeah, and they they also right they also do it in a way that it does that seems realistic in the fact that this if Michael Bay directed this movie uh, there'd be a lot more explosions right and it, it would seem a lot less realistic if um uh, J J Abrams you know shot I don't it think you would have pregnant women in a Michael Bay movie <laughs> <laughs> right what would be the purpose of Megan Fox in this movie if Michael Bay has to find a car hood to lie down on. <laughs> I mean, what, what's the purpose of having a sex object when there's no purpose in having sex, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, look, getting really deep. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so I, mean, I, I think that's my favorite part of the movie. And, and that, um, I, I mean, I don't know if that's really saying much because I've seen this movie maybe three times, right? Um, and, and the first time, I absolutely despised it just because um, I just... Uh, I didn't. I don't think I looked deep enough t- to actually see what the movie was really truly about because I got hung up on where's the action? Come on, this is Clive Owen. You're supposed to be gunning around with guns and having a, you know a woman on your arm and and being a spy and all this shit. Um, but once you get past that, this is not a standard Clive Owen movie. Mm-hmm. Um, then you can start looking a little bit deeper into um, what the movie's about and actually enjoy it a little bit more so um I, I would give this probably a three and a half out of five um just because i really enjoyed the the cinematography on it so um yeah that's it for uh the movie um obviously we don't know what ricky thought um probably wasn't enough action for him i'm guessing um uh, yeah, and it's probably like uh, impressive kind of- yeah, I mean, there was some car chases, but this was no Jason Bourne car chase. Yeah, all the cars uh, were like you know beat up wrecks and like you know it was all dusty and yeah. Like, Another point is like so he um, Michael Caine's character, who plays Clive Owen's father, I'm pretty sure. Um, like the, the car he drives is looks like it came from like the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look on the inside, it, like has a GPS navigation screen and like. TV and satellite on the inside, right? So, I mean, it's very uh, contradictory. Contradictory? Yeah, but you know what? I could argue that the reason why that happens is because, like, at that point in time, like, it's like Cuban cars, right? Like, they, de- they got these busted up cars, but then they're going to, like, 
in, you know, integrate all this newest tech because that's the only thing they got to work with, the shell of the 1950s or 1980s card in this case. Cadillac. Yep, the Cubans love their Cadillacs. All right. Um, all right, so that was uh, Children of Men. Um, I have no idea. Oh, uh, Suicide Squad is what we're going to be watching next, whatever that is. Are you kidding me? Is that the one with, like, um, Batfleck? What what's the um, what's the uh the, the Harley Quinn right? Yes, yes. Uh, the one yeah, that, that everyone like, killed, the one everyone like absolutely annihilated. So I actually just want to put that because it's a bad movie, but I actually want to see what everyone gauges as in terms of its relative badness because everyone makes it. The critics killed it. Everyone hated it, but I mean, I think it's a bad movie, but it still wasn't. It was you know eviscerated in the in, 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 by, by the by the critics and I don't think it necessitated that all right far worse movies so that will be in two weeks on the 9th of November um, and two weeks after that it will be our last show of the year um, I think um, we may I, I don't think I actually went through and did the the math yeah. correctly on this yeah, so right. oh because that'll be the 27th so we might actually have one in between. I don't know yet. Um, we'll see. All right, so do you have a pick of the week for us, Vince? Uh, you know what? Not for me, man. Not for me today. All right, so just to make up for that, I'll have two. Um, okay. I, uh, so the, the, the first one is if you're into Harry Potter at all. Ah. I, know, I know. You're not. I know you're not. I don't care. Um, I, I, I put up with your shit, Vince. You're going to have to put up with mine. Um, if you're into Harry Potter at all, uh, I can't basically. I can't stand canon anymore because it's just there's just so many flaws in in the book. But if you if you if you're into it, I've been like what I read now basically is Harry Potter fan fiction. Basically, just I and mean, you'd be surprised at how many really good authors there are out there just putting up content for your favorite characters. Whether it's Harry Potter, Castle, um, you know, NCIS, um, any of the Dan Brown uh, books. I mean, uh, Stephen King books. Any a lot of the TV shows. Um, I mean, literally hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of stories. Some of them are utter, utter rubbish. I mean, terrible, terrible, terrible writing, terrible plot, everything you can uh, you can imagine. So it's really sometimes it's hit or miss. But there's some old stuff out there that just kind of beats canon to crap. I mean, some of the stuff that's in Harry Potter is just so much better than the original. Um, whether it's because of plot or just because the writing is better. Um, anyways, that's not really my pick. There's <laughs> what's great. It, it was with a fan fiction. Fan fiction is because you can pretty much do anything. Uh, there's an author named uh, Rihan R I H A A N. Um, I don't know if it's he or she. I have no clue. Um, I'm just going to say it's a she. Um, did a, did a um, crossover between Harry Potter and the Batman universe. It's called uh, it's called Harry and Harley. Um, basically, it puts it puts the two of them together. Harry Harry Potter's like a super. Uh, he he has like all the powers. You know, he's got magic and he's like you know completely invincible in anyway. So it's not realistic any in any way, but it's a very, very fun read. It's not complete yet. Um, but I mean, you know, he has everything between you know, like Harry goes into Gotham and decides he's just gonna fuck every chick in the in the Batman universe. <laughs> and oh. he just he just pisses Bat Batman off. I mean God he, I mean literally he turns Bruce Wayne into a villain because Batman gets so frustrated with Harry Potter, he just starts beating the crap out of everyone. Yeah. It's hilarious. Um, yeah. It's it's very very good. Um, and there's a lot of stuff like that. Anyways, that's one of my picks. The other one is going to be was would have been surprising if if, if Ricky was here because he knows how much I despise Windows 10. Mm -hmm. um, but 
within the last month or so, maybe two months, they've released something called the Windows 10 Anniversary Update, and it makes Windows 10 marginally better. Um, marginally better. I mean, we went from utter crap to I can use it now. And probably my favorite part is if you use multiple screens, they finally decided to put the clock on both screens. Um, that was a big issue for you, man. Oh. All right, so a lot of times, I'm, so I, I, here at home, I have two screens, right? One of them's a 24-inch, one of them's a 20-inch. On the t bigger screen, I'm almost always full screen. Um, so it covers up the clock, all right? And on the smaller screen, I'm not full screen, but before the update, there was no clock on it. Uh, so I'd always have to go over to the big screen and minimize everything so I could see the clock, especially because a lot of times I don't have my phone sitting here beside me. I need that, you know, the, the, the clock there so I can pay attention to... Yeah, especially like right now, I'm in full screen, and I, I need to know, you know, so we can stop at 10 o'clock, right? Yeah. So I'd have to go through, I mean, it seems like a really small thing, but when, but when you have to go through and minimize your windows and, and get out of full screen, uh, you know, tw 20 or 30 times a day, it turns into a big fucking thing. And they fixed that. Thank thank you, Microsoft. I'm still not going to buy your $4,000 computer, um, but I will uh, – I thank you for putting the clock – Back in Windows Ten on both screens, yeah. uh, it's a ter it's a terrible thing when th that that's something that they missed. Anyways, um, all right. So uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at MTWB. Vince is VWHUI. Ricky, who hopefully hopefully will be here in two weeks with us uh, again, is Ricky underscore Williams one. You can follow us on the three uh, on Twitter, uh, the podcast on Twitter at the th at the three cast at the the number three cast. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the three cast. Um, and we'll be back in two weeks with Suicide Squad. Apparently a terrible movie, so watch it. Good luck that, man. All right. See you then. Take care.